One second, please. If it was never new and it never gets old, then it must be, is it really? The podcast that challenges popular opinions about movies. I'm Brandon Sharp. I'm Zach Smith Michaels. Shout. I'm Mitchell Dupree. <laughs> and tonight we're tuning up our guitars and asking Inside Lewin Davis, have we heard this one before? Ooh, that's a good question. Thank you. Very Thank good. you. Excellent. So this is the third and final installment in the favorite movie of the co-host series, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Third and final. I was thinking about that, and I was like, what an interesting variety of films that we've offered people. We start with yes. Shawshank Redemption, leaves you feeling good and, and happy. Ghost Story <laughs> leaves you realizing your mortality. <laughs> and uh, now Inside Lewin Davis. I'm excited to talk about this one. So, Mitch, a yeah, little insight too. into why this is your favorite movie, please. I don't think I actually have a good reason other than I love yeah. folk music um, very much. Like, if you were going to talk about like favorite Coens, Oh Brother, mm-hmm. Where Art Thou is my other favorite for sure. So, mm-hmm. there's a T bone brunette um, bone <laughs> in my body that <laughs> is throbbing <laughs> at all times. No, I, I just I love the folk scene. Um, uh, you know, I just went to like a folk music festival last weekend, and uh, and, and I think it's a beautiful, beautiful movie. Um, there's a lot of like fancy reasons, I guess, I could get into of like what I think it does structurally and how like it is kind of a subsur- subversive movie. But like, honestly, I just really like folk, and I like Oscar mm. Isaac. One, yeah. he's not being yeah. put. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah, in that right. one movie right. that he's in. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. we shall not say. Well, before we get into the movie, we dropped a question on Facebook: favorite Coen Brothers movie? Yes, yes. It looks like we got some decent responses here. You know what's funny? Is I feel like our last few questions have been well attended. Me you too. Know, there, we we went through a big dry spell. Mm-hmm. With, <laughs> <laughs> well, the wrong movies, maybe. <laughs> Maybe that was it, you know, but yeah. we went through a dry spell for a while, but man, alive, we got great responses. Give the people what they want. Inside <laughs> Finally, they, they, <laughs> A24, prison movies. <laughs> Michael Williams, <laughs> Michael Williams says, Hail Caesar. That's his go-to. He loves yeah. it. I, yeah, I'm a sucker for anything that's old Hollywood. If there's a tap dancing number in the movie, I'm probably going to love it. Uh, yeah, Hail Caesar. It's... It actually breaks a thing for me because, like, I don't like movies about Hollywood. Typically. Interesting. Like, I part of the reason I don't like La La Land is it's a movie about Hollywood. <laughs> and I don't like them. <laughs> but Hail Caesar is—it's just so funny. Yeah. My goodness, yeah. they just—I feel like it's a movie about Hollywood that isn't like solemnly like putting its hand over its heart and it's like everyone say the pledge of allegiance to Hollywood. It's it's just like kind of hold the sacred time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Mitch, were you a fan of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Then is that a no? No, I like Once Upon a Time oh, okay. in Hollywood. Okay. Um that also feels less <laughs> Hollywood to me. Gotcha. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's more like that golden era of like or 
Oh, what I like about Hail Caesar is it presents it in like the like the golden era where yes. everyone talks like they're in a fifties movie still, but it's addressing like a lot of the kind of underbelly, but in a way that's not like here's the dark, gritty version. He's like, no, this is like the nineteen fifties version of like the story that you know you probably wouldn't hear back then. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Make Channing Tatum a communist spy <laughs> <laughs> is the moral of the story always in your movie. And that's before yeah. Alden Ehrenreich was annoying. So, hey, but that a tour so simple. But the, but the tour so simple. <laughs> well, Olivia Bender says, oh, brother, where art thou? Absolutely. Hey. Hey. Thumbs up all around. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. One of the top movie soundtracks for me. Easily, yeah, I can always put it on and have a good time. I'm a Dapper Dan man. I am scanning through everyone's responses here, and I'm now realizing that my Coen Brothers um, knowledge is very slight. Yes, I've seen maybe like two. Like this might be my third. I think. Keep keep going. What else we got? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Hannah Furman left a gift from this movie. Correct. Yep. Absolutely. Excellent. Adam Driver. Excellent. Uh, nice. Oh, sorry, Brendan. I didn't. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, what are the fine. two you've seen? I think I've seen Big Lebowski, No Country for Old Men. I think those are mm. maybe, and then now Inside Lewin Davis. This was my. This nice. was my first time nice. seeing this. Nice. It's a good bunch. It's a good bunch. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy all the all of those. Um, Zach pointed out in. Um, the Big Lebowski, like my favorite movie line of all time. Which Zach, you got to say it, so I don't butcher it. <laughs> this isn't Vietnam, Smokey. There are rules. <laughs> <laughs> but they're both like, uh, <laughs> <it's yeah>. so <laughs> and like I would say that when we like worked with the kids. <laughs> yeah, all the yeah. time. <laughs> oh my, 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 my. What um, else did what else did we hear uh, from the the comment section? Lady killers. There are a lot of lady killers. People. <laughs> not even one. Yes, Caleb, no. Caleb no, Allen left a very. Um, extensive he left the ranking. Li- this is a this is a large list. Lots of lo- lots Quit of showing Lewin me da- up, Caleb. Lots of Lewin Davis. <laughs> uh, Noah Heisinger. No Country for Old it. Men. I really like uh, No Country for Old Men. Absolutely, I love it. It. I feel like it's the maybe the most acclaimed or the most like lauded or the most popular in some respects of their movies. Yeah. I don't know. But it's interesting because like, I don't think that burn after reading is a better movie than mm. no country for old men, just because it's no country for old men is obviously a better film, but I p- think I prefer the Coens when they're being funny, like burn after reading. I know it's not one that's held in high regard by a lot of people. I think the movie is hilarious and it gets me every time and that's like again similar with hail caesar it's kind of like me personally when i want to go watch a coen brothers movie i prefer the comedy to some of the more serious stuff i think i've seen no country for old men once Mm. it feels very capital i important to me yeah um in the same way that like there will be blood i'm like this is a good movie and that's what i was gonna say they came out the same year year. that was that was the one thing i knew about no country for old men going in is that it beat it out for the o- beat. There will be blood for the Oscar. Correct. It won yeah. the Oscar. I th- yeah, yeah. Which I don't agree. Sure, but I hey. host the movie podcast. I know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I remember I saw there will be blood in theaters and I was like, this was great. How yeah. can there be a better movie this year? And 
sure enough, some you know, some people thought there was. Yeah, and there wasn't. Jones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Javier Bardem is fantastic in that movie. Yeah. I'm not taking yeah. anything away from him. Yeah. All right. Well, there seem to be many movies that are about music, specifically music about the 60s and 70s. Oh, yeah. Why do you think that is? I mean... It was a good time for music. It was a pretty <laughs> yeah, fantastic, <laughs> pretty fantastic time for music. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like because people are such big fans of um, and this, this might sound a little bit weird, but because people love like sports movies so much because they're underdog stories, like I feel like in the sixties and seventies, like these stories about people becoming famous musicians, they do tend to be underdog stories because it was just literally. Like you think about music today, you throw something on YouTube or you go play some shows. Back then it was, you have to, and this movie really goes into it. You have to like be at the club every night. You have to be driving to, so there is that kind of like, you know, rise to power. We want to see them win in the end. And I think that that's why it's more attractive. Like people would rather watch that than like the movie about, hey, we saw your video on YouTube. Come come record an album. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that's how the music part industry works. It's just the gap. There's always a gap for like movies about you know period pieces, right? Yeah, so yeah. like in 20 years, we will get the Justin Bieber, <laughs> you know Can't what wait. I mean? Like, yeah, which is weird to think about. Yeah, because I agree. I mean, it's not. I don't want to take anything away from current artists, and I I don't I don't like having like rose colored glasses for the past. But yeah, I mean, there's maybe less required of someone who sits in their bedroom and writes a song versus you know what was going on in Lewin Davis which is based yeah. on like a real person Dave Van yeah. Bronck yes like their daily grind i mean one of the things i really like about this movie is like i think it's really important that they establish quickly Lewin is very gifted right yes He's yes clearly a talented musician um and an artist right so it's really important that we establish that and the universe doesn't care Right, yeah, like yeah. Mm-hmm. he can try his best and fail, mm-hmm. right? Um, so there's something to me that's more compelling about that, like seeing someone go out and fail versus like I don't know the quiet humdrum of thousands upon thousands of YouTube videos that get uploaded that no one cares about, and it's like okay, yeah, yeah, you know? I agree. Something truly, truly romantic about this era, also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. I th- and I, and I don't know what it is. And I like, you, like you said, Mitch, I don't want to use rose colored glasses to, th- you know, right. to talk about the past. Like it was, you know, the golden era, like today's stuff is not, the, you know, not as good, but um, there, there is just, there is just something very special about, about the singer songwriter, the less corporate version of mm-hmm. things, you know, the, the stripped down, the indie, you know, the, I don't know the, some, something there something very special about the, just this era mm. yeah I, well i think and i think that there's the sense of like you hearing music for the first time maybe not necessarily like on a record or something but the idea of like i was just hanging out at a club one night and this guy bob dylan showed up and like he blew right. everyone's mind so like right. that that kind of like that's what i always loved when i would go see bands when i was in high school and i don't know if you guys like went to a lot of shows when you were younger but i loved when like some band would take the stage and you had never heard of them before and they would just blow the doors off the place and you'd go oh wow they were really good i'm gonna follow mm-hmm. them and mm-hmm. i think now especially with the pandemic there is more of a sense of you know i 
it's easier, I think, to find yourself when you listen to music in like your own little bubble. Like, and I'm guilty of that. I only listen to like three bands, and, and that's about <laughs> it. So I think back then there was just more like, you know, we're going out tonight to to see some someone sing, and there's going to be a bunch of openers, and hey, someone might really like know. someone might be incredible. Yeah. Well, I feel like a lot of concert goers who people who frequently do it, mm-hmm. like have a story of like, I saw this artist before they were this artist, right? right like I saw, right. like I know Olivia has a, like, I think she saw Ed Sheeran before he was like really big mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And some of that can be really exciting. Right. Uh, and then like, as an, the using Olivia again, as an example, <laughs> she like wanted to go to a Harry Styles concert because Stevie Nicks might show, right? Like right, there's like a, right an excitement about live music of like, you don't know, you know, even this last weekend when I went to this music festival, it was like uh, an exciting, Oh, and we're now we're bringing out this person to sing on this song, which was cool. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, I remember when I saw like Glenn Hansard in New York, he just had this kid junior junior. And he's like, I heard him on the radio the other day and yeah. I thought he'd be a good opener. And now here he is. And it was just really cool to, hear this kid who went from singing songs in his bedroom to now he's on like an international tour. Right. Right. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah. And, and like one of my favorites is one time I was at this club and like this guy with weird hair got up and he started singing like about hound dogs and stuff. And it was Elvis. And it was really <laughs> amazing to, to be there at his beginning. Yeah. Thanks, one of Forrest. my favorites is uh... Thanks, Forrest. <laughs> 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 Watching him learn how to dance. At, yeah, uh, uh, I had these I had these braces house. on my legs, and I just, <laughs> oh man, thought I was out of shimmy. So, movies about music. There's a lot. Some are good, some are bad. Yeah. Um, why do we feel like? I mean, I feel like that we are it's a given that this is a good movie. This is this is a yeah. great movie. Yeah. W- how does Inside Lewin Davis separate itself from the pack? Um, I, Mitch, I kind of want to see what what you're gonna say about this, but I think it's that like most, a lot of these movies tend to be look at our good-hearted hero ju- just trying his best, and I think one of the big things in this movie is that like Lewin is kind of a jerk. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so there, so <laughs> there's kind good. of the, there's kind of the sense where like you hear him at the beat. This movie is so, so fascinating to me because, like, he sings that song at the beginning and you're already just kind of like, okay, yeah, like, I'm on board. I like this guy. I like this song. Like, he seems cool. We hear the whole thing. We're like, he's very good. But then it's like he spends the rest of the movie trying to convince you not to like him. But you're like, but but your music is, like, so good. Like, like, it's it's a frustrating watch in a lot of ways, which I don't say that as a negative thing. Like, it's a very engaging movie, and I think it's because the lead character is so unlikable. And that's that's not all of it, but it's a part of it. Yeah, like, I think the film... Like a lot of a lot of movies, I feel like really glorify that in this music kind of thing, like glorify someone who holds out for their art, right? Like someone like I, th- I think this movie is really interested in like sellout culture versus like personal authenticity, artistic authenticity. But it looks a little bit critically at it, I feel like, because like Lewin's, um, I I would say like almost vain insistence upon like uh, holding to what makes him a true artist and like mm-hmm. the how music is supposed to be a personal expression and not a means to like making it to the suburbs and stuff like that 
I feel like the movie does a pretty good job of showing that makes him miss out on a lot of the good aspects of music and life and makes him a douchebag, right? Like, yeah. Uh, Jim, uh, you know, uh, I said James Taylor, Justin Timberlake <laughs> is, uh, like corny. Right. And he's like a goofball and he's clueless. He's also nice though. He's a yeah. good, he's a good guy. Right. Mm-hmm. Lewin is not. And I think the movie clearly is kind of like Lewin is kind of unfair to Jim, right? Jim, yeah. you know, maybe is being treated unfairly by our protagonist. So yeah. I, I like that the movie kind of subverts this familiar trope of like the person who's true to themselves is the good guy. And the person who wants to be successful, what their art is bad. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with wanting to make records that people buy and to play for people who want to hear it and to maybe buy a home and raise a family. Like, I like that the other characters who are finding a little bit more success aren't villainized well, maybe with the exception of Jean, but I don't think she's villainized necessarily. I think she's just like comedically. Yeah. Who who is the guy who's what's the guy's name who's in the army who's like way too nice? Yeah, I forget. But <laughs> I can't remember. But that character, there's the scene later where Lewin says to the guy in Chicago, he's like, "Oh, you're going with that guy? Like he's great." And the guy doesn't even say his music is good. He goes, "That's a good kid." Yeah. So mm-hmm. and like, because there's a lot of people who I'm like, I don't really like nowadays i'm like i don't really care for your for your music but i love hearing you talk and i love like hearing you interviewed so even though i don't like necessarily like your music i like you and like i can be happy about that and i think that you know that plays an element too just like hey you're not likable lewin (laughs) and that's a problem for you you know what that's something go for it yeah yeah you know, I'll talk think, your ear off. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I think really grabbed me about this about this movie? You know, I think about movies like uh, Almost Famous, That Thing You Do, and it's yeah. about this like meteoric rise. Like they they get yes. snatched up and they're huge and they're popular, and it's about it's about balancing like fame and yes, um, you know, it's yeah, it's like that struggle. This is about like the the grind. You know, this is this mm-hmm. is such a different. We have this is such an original story, something we haven't seen before. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not, it's just so different that it, you can't help but be engaged with, with this character. I feel like, you know, we've seen, we've seen the, the band makes it big. The singer songwriter mm-hmm. makes it big. You know, this is, um, it's just something original also, I think is really where it separates itself. Yeah. Michael Williams pointed out that his name is Troy in the movie. So thank you. Ah. Michael. Oh, thank yeah. you. That's important information. Yes, Troy. <laughs> it would have bothered me the rest of the night. <laughs> I've heard many good things about you and your music. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's just like a little meditation on failure. You yeah. know, well, like it's a story of an artist who doesn't make it. And guess mm. what? Most 99% of artists, <laughs> even beautiful, yeah. expressive artists. Yeah. Don't find a way to make a living out of it. Yeah. Right? And another thing too that I like about the movie, and I do think this is the Cohen's intention. I don't think I'm bringing this to it, knowing you know about how like Oh Brother Where Art Thou is the Odyssey essentially. This movie is almost kind of like a little bit too. yeah, yeah, a little bit too. But one of the things I love about the movie is the first time I watched it at the end. It's kind of like, oh, I didn't realize that the first scene that we see in the movie is the yes. last scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. But it's then I, yes. but then I, yeah, exactly, Mitch. But then I had a moment. I was just like, oh no, this is just his life. Like his life keeps going around and around like this. So 
this might not this could be a totally different scene but this is what he does like over and over mm-hmm. again and like i just uh, i love it so much yeah. <laughs> yeah well that's the you know significance of if it's never new and it's never old right like he yeah. it's it just recurs right that's that's what folk music is and that's what this guy's life is mm-hmm. like i think about this scene he's like in the car he's driving and he thinks about going to visit um the mother of his baby right like he's yeah. like making this Ooh, do i turn here and, yes right and go to akron uh and ultimately, he decides not to. He stays on the path he's on. And I feel like that is what Lewin does. He stays on the groove he's on, for better or for worse. Like, he's going to keep doing what he's doing. Um, and that's there's something sad about that, you know? Yeah. We yeah. root for him, but well, so, he's not going to win. Yeah. So, we've talked a little bit about this, but, you know, Lewin Davis is a challenging character. Um, yeah. How does this movie get us on his side because i i feel mm-hmm. like it does does that very well it's just it's it's more it's a subtle it's a subtle like yeah. gaining of the the trust well i think zach hit the nail on the head with one thing it's we start out seeing his clear talent mm-hmm. so then i think through the rest of the movie when he's being surpassed by all his peers there is something in, in us that wonders is that right? Is that fair? Is that just like, yeah. When is his turn going to come? Right. So we, I think that naturally gets us on his side. I think for me though, like having watched the movie a bunch, the movie being this loop, you see all this suffering he goes through, like the most egregious scene with him really being a jerk is when he lashes out at the harp school yes. lady for me. Yeah. Like the yeah. gore finds oh. too. That's a big yes, one. The gore but, finds is what I was going to say, but yeah. Yeah, but for sure, especially this harpsichord lady who's done nothing wrong, right? (laughs) Like, because the Gorfines, right? Like, they didn't do anything wrong either. And that one breaks my heart because those are the only people on his side. It's like, you know Uh what I mean? Like, no one likes Lewis, but the Gorfines. So that breaks my heart. But he was triggered, right? Like, is that, yeah, the family of his old, I I, I don't know. Yeah, it's unclear. I would think think so, but I could go. Yeah, okay. it, I think it's kind of yeah. up to interpretation. Gotcha. Yeah, you know, because um, why would he have this random connection with these professors? Is kind yeah, of a right. lingering question. Right. Yeah, I I think another way the movie gets us on on his side, and I I could be totally wrong here, but I think before he has his big moment where he goes to Chicago and auditions, mm-hmm. we meet a jerk who's bigger than Lewin, or someone sure. who's a bigger jerk than Lewin, which is in the John Goodman character. So he just kind of dunks on him and like says some really hurtful stuff. And it like puts us mm-hmm. back like in Lewin's camp after he's, you know, had his falling out with, uh, you know, with the family. So mm-hmm. I think it's just like little, little stuff like that. Cause I remember the first time watching the movie, I was kind of like, why is, why is John Goodman's character here? And I was like, it's to, <laughs> there's a little bit like, we gotta, we gotta get people back on Lewin's team here. <laughs> Well, and I feel like, too, the whole thing is Lewin is stuck in his loop and he's not going to change. Like, one of the things I really like about this and one of the things I think is subversive about this movie is, like, as writers, we're told, like, events have to happen and people have to change for it to be compelling, right? Lewin, I would say, I don't think really significantly changes. I think he's pretty static, right? Like, he, yeah. it's it's not about him undergoing some sort of deep personal transformation. Mm-hmm. Um uh, but what we see with like, um, man, me and names, I was gonna say John Candy, John Goodman, 
Suppose he was John Goodman. <laughs> I feel like is a possible future for Lewin, right? Yeah. Of like, because mm-hmm. he is the jaded, calloused, touring musician, right? Who's been doing it for decades and doesn't even seem to like it or like people anymore. You know what I mean? Like that, like, oh, let me tell yeah. you this about Murfreesboro and let me tell you, oh, you play, oh, I don't even like you. You know, like he's just. And I feel like that could be Lewin, you know, if he yeah. keeps at this for another 20 years. Yeah. And no one wants to be that. No. Right. If you hear a beeping, it's just uh, my in spots about to explode. I'll be back in 10 seconds. But I expected this might happen. So, uh, you know. <laughs> oh. Prepared. He comes prepared. Wow. Perfectly timed. <laughs> One thing that really got me. Audition? Can we call it an audition? Yeah. I, yeah. The moment, the scene that I thought we were building towards was he has this audition and he gets snatched up. And of course, we get the rug pulled out from underneath us. Um, how, what did you like? What struck you about that scene? If anything, did you know, did that grab you guys or um, was it like a glass of cold water? I mean, because it was for me. So, yeah, to me, essentially, the guy tells him, you're not like bad. You're, it's just like, it's not going to happen for you. You know what I mean? But it, it's so like. Like it knocks the wind out of you, doesn't it? Because it's a great little, it's a great performance. I was just saying, it's such a quick line too. No money here. Yeah, yeah. and I think that yeah. that's the thing is that, like, you know, you listen to the song, and in the moment, because you're watching a movie, you think, yeah, that's really cool. And I mean, we've brought up that the soundtrack for this movie is good, but I think that song on its own, like, it's, you know, uh, he makes a good point. I'm like, yeah, it's not necessarily. There's not a lot of money there, and it's funny though because yeah. that song is a folk standard exactly <laughs> like, exactly yeah it was famously recorded but the it, way he does it is and very it's not like, going to be yeah. for him right well that's the yeah. thing with like these folk songs like dave and ronk sang a lot of songs that bob dylan would sing right yeah. you know yeah. like but he's not bob dylan so it's Man. not gonna happen for you he, he does mention he does mention something about the is he talking about Troy when he says, oh, that guy draws you in or he engages with yeah, you yeah. or mm-hmm. he connects mm-hmm. with you? He's he has a way to connect with you. Uh, it's yeah. really fascinating because I think the movie telegraphs. No, no, no. He's good. No, he has talent. Yeah, he's he's excellent. He's actually excellent. Yeah. So you're you're sitting there listening to this like this is the most beautiful piece of music I've ever I've ever listened to. Yeah. And and we just get the simple. I don't see any money here. Well, and not just excellent musically, but again, artistically, like he is emoting. He is clearly spiritually, emotionally connected to the music he's singing, right? He is artfully delivering this performance. Mm -hmm. Um, I like what you said though, Zach, about like his song choice, because I think this is me bringing something to it because again, that is a folk standard, but maybe in the way he performs it, it feels like almost childlike in a way like it feels like a song he would have played as a kid Mm. and like maybe he was a little precocious and people were like oh he's good like as a child Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Uh, and he's been playing it a long time 
you know yeah. that's just i don't i don't think the movie does enough to really suggest that but it's how it just reads to me in a way yeah and i i think about two two quotes that are going to seem unrelated but I'm going to try to bring this all back around. Uh, there's this guy, Ben Weinman from Dillinger Escape Plan. And he says, like, the truth is when people go to a concert, they don't want to hear songs that they don't know. Like, he's like, because we like to tell ourselves people want to hear the new stuff. He's like, no, they don't. And Victor Wooten goes further as to say, like, it's because when people go out to see music, they want to dance. You know, like a lot of the time when you go out, like you want to like groove and you want to have fun. And that's not to say that that's every scenario, but like, I feel like the general public wants to do that. No, so, yeah. I'm going to toss another quote at you from that thing you do. We came here to meet girls and dance and we can't meet girls until we dance. Exactly. <laughs> so, so for Lewin to kind of like come out and his song be like this kind of slower jam, it's like, sure. this is where you've got to like, I think auditioning, you know, I don't think people realize how important that is. It's like, Lewin, this is the time when you got to like bring out that one that's going to get him stomping his feet. And earlier in the movie, you hear the Please Mr. Kennedy song, which they acknowledge is like a goofy song, but everyone's like, but it's catchy and it bops <laughs> and it's fun. So yeah. it's like, what do, you, do you want to do the artistic <laughs> song or do you want to do like something fun that people are going to enjoy? And now that's artsy fartsy crap. I want something peppy. I want something snappy. Let's go. <laughs> One more final quote from Chef. When you go to a Stones concert, you want to hear satisfaction. That's exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Legit. Uh, so I, I went to this music festival, like one of some of my favorite bands cause I'm a folk guy. Right. So like yeah. old crow medicine show plays and I'm okay. like, Oh cool. yeah, here we go. Uh, and they play all this new garbage and I'm like, I don't care about this. I want to hear <laughs> wagon wheel and I want to hear it now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Get to the good stuff. I mean, that yep. must be, that has to be frustrating, right? Yeah. For, for bands, yeah. for yeah. Artists. I mean, this song we wrote 12 years ago, I still have to like y'all don't even like what I'm doing until I play that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. But I don't care. Yeah, I don't care about your artistic endeavors. I want to hear Wagon Wheel. <laughs> <laughs> I was at a Michael W. Smith concert. Good. There we go. Here, here we go. Sure. And he was like, okay, I am going to now do the obligatory performance of Friends. Or it was one of the, it was it was something like that. Like, I know everyone wants to hear it. Here it is. And he nailed it. He put his heart into it. But he was like, can you imagine what it's like since I released this song every <laughs> single time I get on stage? This is what everyone wants to hear. I mean, I, I'm yeah. going to. But here's the thing. I'm going to say something. Oh, boo -hoo. people. I don't know. I agree. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. People want to pay money to. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> Uh, we have a Michael on here says if Adam Driver saying oh oh doesn't give you life to some extent I can't help you. Beautiful. Who gives the best performance in this cast? The cast is well, massive. Lewin, yeah, and Oscar Isaac, Oscar Isaac, Oscar Isaac. Yeah, when he what, what's the scene he does with Gene and the park? Oh, when he says you ever hear the expression it takes two to tango and it's yeah. so deadpan. Absolutely kills me every time. Yeah, I liked Carrie Mulligan in this. I thought I she did was too. pretty good. I don't think Timberlake has enough screen time for me to necessarily like cement him as as one of the best. But he seems very aware that like the audience knows who he is. That he's like, I know you don't think I'm a folk singer or whatever, but I'm just gonna like be so delightful in this movie that you're gonna have to yeah. get on board. That's something that I think is really fun when there's 
like a preconceived notion of someone going into a movie, right? Like Timberlake uh, kind of exploded onto the scene with social network in the same way of like, you know me from this. That's I'm going to leverage that persona. You know what I mean? Because yeah. his persona is superstar. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that really yeah. works for that character, right? So I like when you can play with that. I I, I have this whole thing with the Coens and um, uh, George Clooney too, because I feel like George Clooney is someone who like, is like famous, handsome guy, you know what I mean? And like, and they kind of like play with that with the movies he's in of like, he's handsome, but he's dumb. You know, it's like a himbo. Famous himbo (laughs) is George Clooney, right? Uh, And, and the Coens like, I think understand that is his appeal. So they, when they cast him, like think hail Caesar. Yeah. Oh brother. Where art thou? He's Mm -hmm. doing the same himbo kind of thing, but that's the best. Run after reading. George Clooney. Yes, that's well. Oh my god, that's the best George yeah. Clooney for me. Yeah, no, he's an idiot in Burn After Reading, also. Like, I, right. yeah, you're right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, who, who says the cat? Olivia Bender. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Hey, fair yeah. Enough. <laughs> yeah. Don't get me started. I'm an English major. I'll talk about the literary significance of the cat. I'll go. I'll go all in. <laughs> I, I think is it like things. the fly is it like the fly in uh breaking bad yeah <laughs> i here's what i'll say about cats they're wandering <laughs> and relying on others for survival lewin is welsh for lion right okay. so i think there's some connections there you mm-hmm. know yeah i and he, where's that someone scroll? someone did his homework <laughs> hey we didn't say this is a movie i've wa- seen once month right i thought we said this is favorite movie month <laughs> we we did say that we did yeah say that. yeah i've I, seen it once or twice yeah mitch i i yeah i know it's not going to be like super fun but i, I do think you're right as much as i want to like play devil's advocate and say it to someone else like this is through and through oscar isaac's movie like sure he's in every scene he's like and he again if he's bad in any scene the movie is over but he's not he's he's so good and mitch yeah i'm kind of with you i was like i'm don't get me wrong i am thrilled to see dune and and things like that but i'm like i kind of miss oscar isaac being in you know (laughs) these movies where he's not surrounded by cgi i call it the fastbender effect like michael fastbender is another great I call it okay, whatever. <laughs> I call See, it. I have this thing. Behold, now, like because it's literally like some of our greatest actors are being consumed by these huge properties, and it right. bums me out because right. it's not just Star Wars. Mm. And I like him as Poe. To be clear, I just, right. uh, but like him as learning um, an X Men. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a singular talent. Oh my god. And it, it just breaks my heart. Like him and Ex Machina doing this um, oh my gosh. is is the best thing I've seen in a movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, you have to because he's also like you like we said, he's not a good person in this. So you have to make him sympathetic. Yeah. Oscar sells that. Yeah. You know and what I, I mean? And, well, and here's and here's another thing. I can't believe we haven't like mentioned this. I was watching this with Hannah and she was like, is that Oscar Isaac singing? Yeah. The dude has pipes. Like he can sing and he can play yeah. guitar. Like he's very good. He used to be in a band. I think if you like inside Lou and Davis uh, listening audience, there's a great 
a little music, uh, I don't know what you call it. It's like a filmed concert called Another Day, Another Time, celebrating the music of Inside Lewin Davis. And you Mm. can see a lot of folk artists sing folk standards from when this movie would have taken place. And Oscar Isaac performs with uh, Marcus Mumford, and mm. it's it's wonderful. Like he's super good live there too. He's a great singer. Yeah. Plus, it's got Punch Brothers. It's got uh, Lake Street Dive. It's got a lot of other big names in folk music. Uh, Willie Watson. So, uh, can't recommend that enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, folk music has been called Americana. What does this film about folk music have to say about the American dream? Wait, what was the phrasing of the question? Folk uh, music has been called a what? <laughs> Americana. Okay. I've never heard it. It's called an Americana. Yeah, I've, I've heard it. I said it. Folk music has been called Americana. Like uh, okay, uh, okay, like okay. an American pastime. Yeah, right? That's, it's a, it's, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like apple I got, pie, I got like baseball. Up. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> American flag and all that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you. You. <laughs> Listen, I was trying to think of a good ending question, and I was like, "Let's talk no, about I think America." That's good. No, I'm being a pedantic jerk. I think it's. <laughs> I think it's. It definitely gets the point across. Yes. So, what was yeah. the second half of the question? What does this film? <laughs> oh Lord! This is why we edit the show, people. This is why we edit way. the show. <laughs> no, no, live is awesome. What does this is, film about folk music have to no. say about the American dream? Um, the American dream isn't real. Uh, yeah, no okay. one can achieve it. <laughs> no, well, maybe not in such blunt terms, but yeah, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. And well, I mean, there is, and there is a level back to Troy, like, you know, he's getting grief because he's a soldier, but he's makes a good point. He's like, Hey, I have a job. I have like discipline. Like I basically like I got in line and that's working out really well for for me, you know? So mm-hmm. this movie, it almost kind of says like, you know, if you want to be, if you want to chase the American dream, like there's a good chance it's not going to work for you. And if you want to get in line, things are probably going to go your way. Like again, like think, you like you said in the gets... Rocky episode, Mitch, the American dream like isn't fair. It is cold and it is cruel, and there's no way to predict how it's gonna work out. I think what is often left out about the American dream is that with a lot of things, you need a big helping of luck. Yeah. You need yeah. you need a lot of like right place, right time, know the right person bumped into the you need a lot of there there needs to be like the right circumstances also i think we forget that um, you can't always just work super hard and then achieve greatness like you, you need to have things go your way and i think i i think <laughs> oscar or, or lewin is someone that feels like he should like he feels like he should be great feels like he should be good feels like he should hit it big and i feel like he's just been kind of hitting the wrong circumstances or the you know the um he just didn't just didn't have any luck you know i i think that is that is maybe I'm, what it says to me 
I'm pushing back a little bit, though. I think there's another level of the American dream is also compromised because the record producer who says there's no money here, he also says to him, you know, I know there's a trio. Are you comfortable singing harmony? Like he essentially tells him it's not what you want. It's not the way you want it. But here's an option. And even then he's like, well, no. So I think there are gatekeepers, though. Yeah. yeah. Also, yeah, I think I think that's obvious. Yeah, but I'll tell you, I I think to me it's the American dream is is very <laughs> it's a lie. It's very very difficult, and you have to be willing to sacrifice and sell off parts of who you are, or like your dream, or yes. like the thing that makes you you. Because what that guy says is, if you will become more white presenting, you yes. can join my trio. Right? Yeah. It's like we're doing stay Peter Mall. So yeah, stay out of the sun and shave <laughs> your facial hair so yeah. you look white and maybe you can play for this group. Right? So it's like Yikes. And I'm not saying that that's a good thing. No, I'm, but I yeah. get you. He it's yeah. a choice he could make, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's not the first time he's been given that sort of advice before, right? Like right. everyone in the movie is kind of like showing him you can be more it's not just that like he's unlucky, I think. I think he is so again like doggedly like no, the thing I'm doing, the music I'm making is what I want to be doing and not he's you know what I mean, he's not willing to compromise that, but that means he'll never be successful. Right. You know. Because someone decided that's what needs to happen for right. him to be successful. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah, it's not fair. That's the, that's that's the big thing. The American dream is not fair. You can't predict it. And yeah, it doesn't it's a lie. <laughs> well, I mean too like and to go back to the luck angle, right? Like Dave Van Ronk, Lewin, he's just a little early, I feel like cuz what one of the things I love is that the movie ends with Dylan coming in and rocking people's socks up, right? Cuz like yeah. the mm-hmm. other folk artists we see um, it's not the Dylan style of folk yet, right? Like it's not that incisive, like, you know, like it's a little bit more like a hundred miles and the train was a coming <laughs> up from, you know, it's that more traditional standard Woody Guthrie, right? Yeah. Right. Oh, where, yeah. Or Lewin, you know, isn't quite like de- departing from that I, from the few songs we get, but he's not really doing Woody Guthrie. He's doing something a little bit different. Um, yeah. And then Dylan comes in and he's like, yeah, I'm going to do it a lot different. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. And I think like people who are less familiar with the history of folk music might not be, that's not a clear distinction. The movie is making musically, but uh, anyways, Lewin's just a little bit early. Dylan's going to come and change the world. So mm-hmm. that's part of it too. It's just like sometimes wrong place, wrong time, you know? Yeah. It was there that we fought against the fascists. There you go. <laughs> I love Woody Guthrie. So. Well, <laughs> you guys have any closing thoughts on on the movie, on the the questions, anything we forgot to nail? Gosh, there's so many things about Here's this movie. Things up. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't want the podcast to be a little careerist, a little square, a little sad. Sorry, that's another favorite line I love. <laughs> it's a little, little careerist, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, for me, the big thing is just like, I don't know. Again, it's that sellout thing, right? Like kind of what that line is getting out of like for him to do anything but what he's doing. Like I think he like says about his father, like, it'd be just existing, right? Like that's how he sees his dad or maybe yeah. it's, it, she's, it's his sister, right? Who's like, you could stop doing this and 
He's like, it just exists. Yeah. Right. Um, so I think maybe there's a cost, right. When you're unwilling to, uh, to sacrifice, uh, sacrifice isn't the right word. Cause it makes it sound like I'm saying like he's doing something wrong by, by being tenacious, but there, you do lose something in the process of, um, living the, the life of I'm going to go out and do what I think is the best art and, and insisting upon that. Um, you know, like in that, like, I don't see a lot of money here scene. I said to live this time when we were watching, I was like, everyone has a certain amount of no's they can take in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yep. you don't know when the last no is, but everyone has their limit. Um, yeah. So I don't know if Lewin does like that maybe is like, something about this movie is he's just stuck in this loop and he'll do it the rest of his life. Um, but because he won't divert and because he won't compromise, um, he probably will never get off this loop and he's going to live this out, you know, forever, which is a little bit sad. Not a, I did not how I want to end the episode, but you know, <laughs> y'all can go ahead and say something. I'll <laughs> say something sweet at the end. <laughs> Yeah, I'll I'll say so right after because I'm on vacation and I like to fill my days with joy. Right after watching Inside Lewin Davis, I watched Boyhood, and Ooh. and there's nice. a there's a line in the movie where the teacher says to the main character, "Who do you want to be, Mason?" And I, having just watched Inside Lewin Davis, I feel like the movie, you know, and again, like it's not inspired by Boyhood. I'm not saying that, but it's a similar question of like. You know, it almost asks the audience, like, who do you want to be? Because you see Lewin mm-hmm. Davis, he can't be the person that he wants to be. You know, he wants to yeah. be a musician and he can't do it. And you see that there's ways that, you know, like maybe if you're a little bit kinder, maybe if you're a little bit, you know, nicer to people. And there are, you know, other things that are just not fair and that don't work out. But I think what the movie kind of says is, you know, if there are opportunities for you to take, you know, don't don't hold the world in content, I, I think, is kind of what the movie it's a cautionary tale about like, yeah, you can look down your nose at people and you can, you know, think you're better than everybody else. But at the end, you end up getting punched in an alley, you know, outside of a bar. So I think it, it is a cautionary tale in a lot of ways that's saying it's not enough to just be talented and to be gifted and to write cool music. You also need to learn how to get along and work with other people. Otherwise you're going to be living a lonely, endless loop and no one wants that. I, th- I think for me, this movie was like a series of, of good moments. I think I maybe went a little more surface, um, but it, 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 exhausted me i think Mm. i think there was there was something about this movie that was exhausting to me and i really felt like i just like aren't you getting tired or don't you just want (laughs) to rest you know like don't you just want to don't you want to sit down where someone's not Mm -hmm. don't you want a place where someone's not kicking you out and you know that like you keep looking for the next 200 bucks and i don't know i i think there was there was something there was something tiring about um, about my emotions at the end of this. And- yeah. Oh my gosh. A hundred percent. It's a movie. It's weird that I, yeah, it's weird that I find it because I'm, I feel so sad for him. And so I don't know why I find it so comforting to watch, 
watch because I do put it on sometimes just to, uh, to feel better. But I don't know. I think there's something maybe comforting in, in the expression at least of like just someone being willing to say um, you're not guaranteed success. Someone being willing to like write a movie about failure this way. I don't know. It's just uh, here's what it is. I think we lost Brandon. Did we lose Brandon? Yeah, I think he's trying to fix his internet. So he can jump back in. But yeah. Here's what it is for me. I think as like I'm a musician, I'm a writer, right? And you feel like, and this might just be me, but like I've always like even since I was a kid, like felt like there's something and and I hear how vain and silly this sounds, right? Like I'm I'm judging me too, right? Right. But you feel like as a when you're young, like there's something special inside me. Right. Like I have a gift and I want to share it with the world. And if I do that, then people will want to hear it and they'll respond to it. Right. Right. And then as you create and as you go out into the world and as you, you know, uh, make art, that's not the case. You know, like first everyone, not everyone, but many, many people are talented and a lot of people have interesting, important things to say, right? The thing that you want to say maybe isn't the most important thing. And yeah. I think there's a piece to me in just something that acknowledges the success isn't the thing. And I don't think the movie is making peace with his failure either of like, you know, it's old Lou and he's going to keep doing it. And that's good. Like, I don't think it's doing that. Like, you know, right, it's, right, it's, right. it's a tragedy. <laughs> it's sad, right? Yeah, but like I, I I don't know again just like something about like being given the permission of like seeing the failure and being like oh that is how it is for a lot of people and that is the cycle um, and there's something I'd say too for me like communal about art too like Lewin didn't make it and didn't get personal glory but his contribution musically and artistically to the community he was in like you know. Others were, uh, you know, like it's a communal thing, especially folk music for me too. Like I feel sorry for him sometimes because he's so vain. I'm like, you're not enjoying like Justin Timberlake in that one scene. He's like, oh yeah, they're, he's wonderful, right? Like he's just enjoying mm-hmm. it, right? He's receiving, yeah, 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 right. And they're all singing together, right? Mm-hmm. And Lewin isn't able to do that. Um, but anyways, I'm rambling on. I just think like there's something peaceful about the expression of, um gosh, life can be tough and not everyone is going to be super successful, but that's life, you know? Mm-hmm. Sad. L-A-N. So is, is that what this episode is? Mitchell is the sad English major boy. And <laughs> we should. Hey, and Zach Re- likes ghosts. Real quick, before we before we wrap, what did we learn about each other from our favorite oh, movie choices? Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. Three vastly different choices, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, we all kind of gave our takes on the movies themselves, but like as a whole, I think it, I think it really sheds a lot of light on, you know, and I'll just, (laughs) I'll go like, I'll go first. I think, you know, I need a a lot of, give me the big thing of syrup and dump it on, you know, like I want it. (laughs) I want, I want a warm, I need a little, I need a little warm fuzzy at the end. I need, You know, uh, I need some redemption. I need a hero. Um, I these are things that I like in in my movies, and that's why I that's why I feel like I'm drawn to like a Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Um, well, I 
I would feel, and I feel like, you know, Brandon, what you might describe as, you know, as the syrup or whatever, but I would say for you, it's got to be like a high quality syrup. You know what I mean? Like, I appreciate like, that. Like, a, you yeah. like the feel good, you like the feel good movies, but it's not just going to be any old thing. Like, if it's well made and well crafted, like, that's if they earn it. If we you love like, a food analogy on yeah. Is It Really. We <laughs> yeah, really, yeah. really do. You're like, you're, yeah, you're like, I want the syrup, but what are the ingredients? And, like, I feel like the yeah. ingredients are, are just as important as, like, the good feeling for you. Yeah. And like a, a movie like Shawshank, it has, it does have the ingredients. Like it is well made and it is well performed and well written and well directed. You know, I think all three of these movies are just, they all have different like vibes. That is syrup straight from the tree yeah. in Vermont. And as we've said before, the syrup that I prefer is the $2 Target Market Pantry uh, <laughs> Big Fat Liar movie of <laughs> yep. cheap and there. Mitch, what I I learned about you is that you like dialogue, that you are a dialogue man. Because like watching this movie, I was like, this one of all three has the most, I don't want to say flashy dialogue, but it's definitely like, I would say the dialogue is the most cleverly written in this movie. And like that really Sometimes, jumped out. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, that really jumped out to me in in this. And it was like nice to watch this and go, oh yeah, I remember Mitch is always like remembering these lines from the movie where he's like, that's the whole movie for me, or that's, you know, mm -hmm. that sums up everything. So that's what I learned about you. I also learned um, lighting for you is is big, like I'm the big way that guy. the way that that this movie looked and and felt. Like for me, I was a little bit like, I don't know how I feel about this, but I know Mitch loves this. <laughs> You know, it's the same cinematographer who did Harry Pot Potter and the uh, Half-Blood Prince, mm, which is crazy because mm -hmm. we hate <laughs> the cinematography <laughs> of me and Zach. We hate yeah. it. We hate it. Yeah. Uh, I really think it works here. I was thinking about it. I was watching it and when I was cooking dinner tonight in the kitchen, I was like, there's no green. It's very yeah. like blue. It's very orange. Cold. Very cold. Cold. Yeah. Very cold. And like the orange, I feel like signifies the old timey classic feel but it's not yellow like the sting. You know right. what I mean? Like it's it's a good balance. I like it. Right. Um, I have to respond. There's a comment. I believe it's gotta be I believe it's, it's Olivia. gotta be Olivia in the yeah. other room uh trying to come at me. One of the movies we're describing is about magic. The other movie is about failure in New York City. We're starting fights at home. One of these movies has spells. <laughs> it is an inside Lewis Davis. <laughs> Yeah, and we learned that I'm very sad. No, I think no. I think I have. So I have a good analogy. Actually, I, the first time I saw the movie Seven, I went to bed and I hated the movie. I woke up and I loved the movie. I think you like to go to bed with a full stomach, if you will. Like you, you like to be working on something, chewing on something. Yeah. When you go to this is, I know I'm riding this off the rails a little bit, no, no, but no. I think. I think you don't I, I don't I feel like you enjoy something you still have to work with after the movie's over and you're working with it a little bit, you're still working with it in the morning. I think that's what you enjoy. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Hey, but if you're looking to have a fun night, people, um, what order if we wanted to like do a few if we wanted to a triple feature of these? A triple feature, what's the order to watch it to watch it in, do you think? 
the the question is where do you put a ghost story? Because a ghost story yeah. is like <laughs> putting a nail in the tire. Maybe, maybe second <laughs> ghost story. Second, maybe Lewin. I don't know that this might be glorifying Lewin, Mike. Uh, here's what Lewin, I'm thinking. I would say Lewin first, ghost Me story, too. then Shawshank. Yeah, we're gonna you bring you Shawshank all the way feel. down. Man, how sad are these movies when you're like, we need Shawshank to lift you back. <laughs> Record? No, I recorded. But oh, stop I, doing that, man! No, <laughs> not do that. no, I did, but thirty minutes in, it stopped, y'all. Uh, I took. I also sent this to YouTube, so I have the audio from there too. Excellent, oh, Zach. Yeah. You see, you're an old pro now. Excellent. You're an old pro. Yeah, I know what I'm doing a little bit. We've. Been, <laughs> hey, it's like we've been doing this for two and a half plus years now. Uh, like we've mm-hmm. learned the. We've learned that when Mitch gets up Zach. to get the chicken out of the Instapot, <laughs> something, something's going to go askew. <laughs> Zach, cleaning up our messes since since 2018. I'd right? say like 20, 2020. I, that's when I started I think, going like, we had an issue. <laughs> I feel like we're letting people see behind the curtain right now. Oh, I know. The, like my like, connection oh, killed been... three uh-huh. times. You know, it's like, oh, Brandon just pops back in and then adds something to his connection <laughs> dies again. Yeah, that's normal. That's pretty normal. <laughs> Why has it been a month tell the since recording. we got an? Is it really? Oh, is it because Mitchell lost the recording and they had to re-record it? 